Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. If you're a real estate investor or you want to be a real estate investor and you're looking for more funding for your deals, regardless of what your hard money lender will say, what your mortgage banker will say, or any credit source say, don't worry, you're at the right place. Don't go anywhere in just a moment. I'm getting ready to plug you into the funding for your deals. Well, welcome to Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority. And in case you haven't picked up on it by now, I have lost my voice. Yes, I'm actually getting over bronchitis right now. But we're dedicated to bringing you the show and the content, so we didn't want to miss out on another episode here on the podcast. I've got a very, very special guest with me today that's going to be talking with you about ways to invest in real estate that I promise you, you have never heard before. Strategies and systems that will be brand new to you, whether you're a new real estate investor or you're a seasoned real estate investor. My guest name is Jared, but I'm gonna introduce him to you in just a moment after I fulfill my promise of plugging you into the funding for your deals. Well, in case this is your first time to the show, uh, we're on episode like number 104 or so. I've lost count since we kicked off the uh, podcast, but I've been investing in real estate in here in Eastern North Carolina for the past 15 years. We're in a very, very small market. Only 40,000 people are in our target market. We do two to three transactions a month and the average profit is $64,000 per deal. And so we've been doing it, as I say, for 15 years. And as of 2011, we started sharing this information with other real estate investors as well. So here on the podcast show, I have some amazing guests that come on simply donating their time 
to share their experience with uh, my audience here on either iTunes, Google Play, or on some of the YouTube channels. So how is it that I'm going to plug you into the funding for your deals? You see, the first six years I was in the business, I was relying on getting funding from my local banks. And in 2009, I was cut off with no notice when everybody else in the world was cut off. And since that, or right around that time, I was introduced to this world of private money. And since that time, I haven't missed out on a deal because I did not have the money. Right now, I've got about 48 private lenders that are funding our deals. We got about seven and a half million dollars that we use from house to house on our business. And so I have got a free online class that's called Where to Get the Money Now. And on this free online class, it will show you the five steps as to how you as well can get funding for your deals, again, without relying on local banks or traditional resources. So you can check it out right here at the website when we finish the show at www.jayconner.com forward slash all in lowercase money podcast. Jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash all in lowercase money podcast. Get on over there after the show and take advantage of the free online class on how to get funding for your deals. With that, I am so excited to have here as my guest, Mr. Jared Derby. And uh, Jared Irby, are you there with me? I am, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me here on the show. And you're going to do most of the talking because I have got no voice today. So I hope you're in good voice. <laughs> I am today. I've been there, been there, done that about a month ago, had the same thing. So I, I'll do the talking. Excellent. Well, before I bring you on and, and uh, interview you, Jared, let me tell folks a little bit about you. You've been investing in real estate now for about 10 years, but you've really jumped in with both feet the past three and a half years. I know you're very, you've been an entrepreneur all your life. You uh, had two startups that you took to over $10 million per year in revenue right from the gate. And you're a smart guy. I mean, you went to the University of South Alabama on an academic scholarship. I went to Wake Forest University on a wing and a prayer. I'll tell you, it wasn't on an academic scholarship. When you talk about the college, you might have ignored the part where I dropped out after a semester. So I was on the four and a half year plan myself. But you know what I've discovered, Jared, after interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs, the most successful entrepreneurs that I've come to know, and of course, you and I are in a very, very high end mastermind group of real estate investors together. It's great really getting to know you about two weeks ago. And what I've discovered about very successful entrepreneurs is they were not the straight A students. Most of the time, you know, academically in college, would you agree? I would agree. I I got pretty good grades in school on tests, but I never did the homework. So the averages were never there. But but yeah, I agree. I don't I don't really think that the formal education has a ton of connection with how successful you are as an entrepreneur. I couldn't agree more. And so before we jump in, I just want my audience to know that they are listening and perhaps watching you, a guy who doesn't just talk the business, but you do the business. I mean, you have flipped hundreds and hundreds of houses. You only not you not only do single family, but you also do commercial as well. You've acquired hundreds of apartments and rental units, been involved in tens of millions of dollars in transactions. And 
when you're not being passionate about your real estate, you're passionate about your two young daughters. And I do know this, you and your business partner flew in your own private plane to our mastermind meeting a couple of weeks ago. So that's pretty cool. So Jared, I appreciate you being here. One thing I didn't mention in the introduction is you're a sales and marketing guy. And some years ago, you ran a pretty large call center that you oversaw like a couple of hundred different people doing sales over the telephone, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, well, my last job where I didn't own the company or, or didn't end up owning the company was McDonald's. So yeah, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Started a call center with the guy and it kind of grew and grew and grew. And, and so really that's all I've ever known is sales and marketing. And because uh, uh, that's really what drives that entire business. Sure. So how did you get involved or interested in real estate? Well, I'll tell you, I, I kind of probably got into it a lot of the ways most people probably do. You know, they heard somebody say, hey, real estate's a good, you know, a great investment, you know, do some research, you know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and really, you know, kind of saw the numbers, how it makes sense, you know, as far as either rentals or flips and things like that. And I kind of just dove in and, and really, if I'm being honest, the real catalyst was I saw a, I saw one of these flip this house show. I think it was that, that kind of first one. And I think the guy's actually maybe from uh, North, up your way, North Carolina or so. He had a helicopter. He's, you know, having his kids jump into the water off the helicopter while he's flipping houses. And I was like, I want to do that. So, you know, that's kind of, kind of was my first say, said, Hey, that's, uh, that's something that I want to do. So I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. And, and then my other business was generating a little bit of cash and I decided instead of blowing it on, you know, cars and, and things like that, maybe I should uh, be smart about it and invest in real estate and, and ultimately, you know, started buying a few rental houses here and there. And then, flipping a few houses. And then over time, it just accelerated faster and faster. And, and we're kind of where we are now. Right. So where are you investing right now? So I live in Mobile, Alabama, which is uh, right on the Gulf Coast, kind of between Pensacola and New Orleans. And we invest all through Mobile and Baldwin County. Baldwin County is if, uh, where Gulf Shores and Orange Beach is. And then all the way over into Pensacola as well that we've just started. We just started over in Pensacola in the last month or so and uh, kind of expanding east and westbound into Mississippi as well. Right, so how about give uh, my audience an overview of what does your operation look like? And what I mean by that is, so employees, team members, you know, from visiting with you in person a couple of weeks ago, as far as your involvement in the business, clearly you've got it automated. You got your business automated on a very, very high level. But what's your operation look like? People, et cetera. Sure. So the current setup we have is me. I'm kind of the visionary of the operation and kind of, you know, steer it in the right direction and, and, and kind of focus on growth opportunities and things like that. Then I've got Ren Bartlett, who you met. He's our COO, director of operations. And he's more of that nuts and bolts guy that actually you know, a person that can take my crazy ideas and get them done. Uh, so he oversees the whole operation. Below him, we have a director of sales. He's basically our sales manager that handles overseeing the lead people and also the acquisition folks. We've got three acquisition reps. Those are the guys that actually are guys and gals that actually go out and talk to sellers, negotiate prices, find us deals. 
the lead managers, I think we have three of those right now. They're actually kind of taking the inbound phone calls from off of our marketing pieces. Then we've got, we've got a, a great office assistant that helps us out with everything. We've got a dispositions team that consists of a disposition manager and, a, and he has an assistant as well. And they focus on actually selling our properties wholesale but also getting the deals closed as well, kind of, you know, handling the transaction coordinator coordination. And then my mom is actually our uh, accounting person and bookkeeper. So she kind of handles all that stuff. So yeah, we've got a, a pretty nice size operation at the moment. And you really started putting this operation together. You said like, what, less than three years ago? Yeah, I would say really, yeah, about three years ago, but really maybe two years ago is when we started to add on, you know, more than just me and an assistant, about probably the last two years. Gotcha. Well, that's phenomenal. So let me unpack what you just said to make sure I got it right. So the audience has got it right. So having your business set up on automatic looks like this. You've got, you're the visionary. So you like to see where the organization is going, what can be improved, what needs to be pruned, et cetera. You've got REN COO that's hands on in the operations. You got a director of sales. Now your director of sales does the director of sales oversee the acquisitionist and the lead managers? Well, he mostly oversees the acquisition uh, reps and also the dispositions, basically the two sales positions. We we consider our acquisition reps as sales because they're selling, you know, on why to go with our company. So he oversees them and, and he comes from a big car dealership background. He was a sales manager at a big car dealership. And so, you know, he really focuses on doing daily training with them, role playing, you know, really just helping negotiate, you know, the, the big, the big deals, things like that. Gotcha. So you got lead managers and acquisitionists. So let's talk for a moment about how the lead managers and the acquisitionists interact with each other. So what do the lead managers do and what do the acquisitionists do? Cause the, just to make sure I'm clear, the lead managers are, are working on buying houses and the acquisitionists are working on buying houses, right? Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess, you know, let's roll back. So you said it's on autopilot, right? This is always kind of a, a work in progress, right? So we're still, you know, sanding off the rough edges here and there and, and things like that. But for the most part, part, it's fairly smooth. And so Recently, and over the past year, we've really integrated the, the lead managers to work much closer with the addition reps. So what the lead manager does is they handle the lead when it comes in, the caller, when it comes in from the point where we market, generate a lead, all the way to setting an appointment. And, and then even once they set an appointment for the lead manager, they're still handling, you know, getting some comps together, things like that for the acquisition manager. Then at that point, the acquisition manager goes out, builds a relationship with the customer, you know, makes them an offer and, and basically completes the appointment. Well, then after that, the acquisition rep is following up with, with the person if we don't close the deal right then. But then after a period of time, the lead managers are also following up with those same people as well, you know, for the next year, two years, however long, you know, until we buy the house, essentially. Right. So the lead managers are taking the incoming calls from motivated sellers and the acquisitionists are actually, they're field reps. They're actually going out in the field. Lead managers are telephone 
acquisitionists are going in person, right? Exactly. Yeah. The lead managers, they're a hundred percent in the office on the telephone. The acquisition reps just come in for meetings in the morning, making phone calls throughout the day, but they're mostly out in the field face to face with sellers. So at what point does the acquisitionist speak to the motivated seller for the first time? Is there a telephone introduction or do they just meet them for the first time in person at the house? You know, we try to call uh, before we actually go out to the house, then they can just introduce themselves, kind of go ahead and, and set up a little rapport, you know, see if there's anything, any other kind of due diligence or anything we need to do before we get out there, because ultimately we're going out to buy that house on the spot. So they do call and kind of, you know, set up the process a little bit, make sure that they know the information, connect with that seller. I'd say 90% of the time, uh, you know, and occasionally, um, you know, if we have a, a seller that's out of town or something like that, we'll just go ahead. And as soon as we know that we have a motivated seller on the line, we'll send them over to an acquisition rep. If it's not one that we're going to be in person. What is your criteria for determining as to whether, uh, and who makes the decision, who makes the decision and what's your criteria for determining as to whether it's worth the, the time for an acquisitionist to actually get out of the office and go to the house? Well, so here's how I look at it. I look at if somebody's calling us off of our marketing piece, then they're motivated in some way, right? Now, that can be warm or cold, but they have some motivation to call us because, you know, our marketing is very clear that, you know, we're not retail buyers, we're not paying, you know, top dollar, but we can do it quickly, we can help solve problems, things like that. So I'm assuming if they call us, that they're motivated in some way. So how we look at it is we look at basically equity, motivation, and time frame. You know, so 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 we ask some qualifying questions, but we want to see: Do they have some motivating factors? Are they is, is the house in bad condition? You know, have they inherited the house? Or have they moved out of town? Do they have tenants? Things like that that would, you know, do they have health problems? Why are they selling it? We're, we we want to hear, you know, some kind of motivation talk is kind of how we look at it. And, and that's more of an art than a science, to be honest. But our default is to assume that if they're calling us, they're motivated. Then we look at equity, you know, we, we want to find out how much is the house worth approximately, you know, we, we kind of just guess that at this point. And if it looks like, you know, the mortgage is 40 and we could probably pay 40 or 50, we're going, you know, to that appointment. And uh, same thing with time frame. We want to know, hey, can you sell it in the next 30 to 90 days? You know, if, if they're two years out, we're going to put that person on a follow-up schedule, you know, to always kind of follow up. You know, occasionally we get somebody that says, hey, I'm moving next year. That's probably not somebody we're going to be out to today. But we want to know, hey, do you actually want to sell it? You know, do you have some underlying need? Even if you don't tell us you have a need, does it look like in our judgment that you have some need to sell it? And can you sell it? So do you actually have the equity in it to, to be able to sell it? If you owe a hundred and we can only pay 50 to us, we're just going to go ahead and on the phone say, Hey, can you bring money to closing? If they can't, then we're, we're, we're going to kind of give them some other options and refer them to a realtor, that kind of thing. Right. Let's jump ahead and we'll come back. But on your disposition, as far as your exit strategy, what are your exit strategies on the properties once you buy them or control them? Sure. So, so last year we flipped about 150 houses or bought about 150 houses total. I don't know the exact number, but it was, it's right around in there. 
And out of that, I would say 70%, we actually end up wholesaling to another investor, which is really where our disposition guys come in really handy on that. They're the ones who focus on selling those. Out of the re- remainder, we actually did the flip ourselves, where we take it down, you know, fix it up, resell it. And then the remainder I bought as uh, rental properties for my portfolio. So that's kind of how we operate there. So the disposition reps on the ones that we're buying in house, they're handling getting title issues resolved. A lot of these things have title issues, old mortgages, you know, lots of errors, things like that. They're tracking down. But then they're also focusing on really, you know, convincing investors that there's a value to that property, finding the right investor for the right property at the right time. So that, that's really our strategy there is it's a, it's a whole nother world of marketing and sales over on the disposition side.